the Lord has been really good to you, and you are convinced of this, would, would you just say amen? And we're going to say it together with a shout on three. One, two, three. Amen. Oh, you can be seated now. That was good. Okay. Uh, hey, today we're going to we're starting a series that we've entitled Grateful, and we're going to be looking at Psalm 103. And for us to do a psalm rightly, we kind of need to talk about it and do some singing in between because the psalms were songs. And they were originally sung. When David wrote the words that we're going to read today, these were to be sung. And to get the right feel, we need to stop and sing in between. We also need to have the right mindset when we begin with, because David just rattled off one great thing that he was thankful to God for right after the other. And we need to get, remember that at times, and this does happen to us, all of us it happens to us, we'll get a letter in the mail at just the right time or something good will happen, and we'll go, oh God, you are good to me. I remember it was um, a couple of years ago, I was out walking the dog late one night. It was during the winter. It was dark early. It was cold. I was wearing a jacket and had my key and my uh, keychain in my pocket. And somewhere it fell out as I was walking the dog through the neighborhoods. And um, I came home and couldn't get in the house. Debbie had to let me in. It's like, um, man, I lost my key. And so I'm going retracing my steps. And anyway, uh, couldn't find it. Come home and we just prayed about it and said, Lord, you know, and it's not the end of the world. You can remake keys. It's not like that. But Lord, would you help us find our keys? Because it gets you, it gets you nervous and keys are gone and all these things. And so we prayed about this. Well, the very next morning, our neighbor, one of our neighbors called and said, hey, there's a website up for the neighborhood that we hadn't been checking. We didn't look at it or anything. We, don't, we never used this thing. And so I said, well, there's a picture on there of some keys that are hanging on a tree in the neighborhood. And it's got this little... Uh, thing on there. Your husband drives a car like that. And so I thought it might be your keys. Just one, you know. And so it's like, and so Debbie went over there and it was my keys. And so it was like within 14 hours or whatever, I had my keys back. And I remember getting them and going, thank you, Lord, for answering that prayer. I mean, it's, you're watching out for me. And again, he's done this so many times in my life. And there'll just be a stop short moment where I go, oh, Lord, you are good to me. With that in mind, let's go to point one in your outline. I am grateful for all the good things that God does for me. David uh, was very grateful. And we're going to read just the first seven verses of Psalm 103. You've seen I've broken out some of them in bullet points to kind of capture the whole idea that this is a laundry list of things that that David was thankful for, and we can be too. I mean, we're 11 days away from Thanksgiving. And sometimes, I mean, now we'll even have Thanksgiving where, you know, it's Halloween. And then as soon as they clean up the Halloween candy, they put up the Christmas stuff. They used to at least put up a pilgrim or a turkey or something, you know, for a couple of days. And now we just kind of slam past Thanksgiving. And I don't want to do that because we need to be more grateful than we are. And so we're going to take some cues from David here. Let all that I am praise the Lord, he said. With my whole heart, I'll praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. And then here's the laundry list. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles, and the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Now, I want to go back and look at that list for a little bit and 
when we're going to give thanks, well, what would we give thanks for? Well, David had a list. What if we check our lives against this and say, hey, has God done these things for me? First of all, he forgives all my sins. If you have a pen, if you'd circle the word all. I mean, how great is it that the Lord it doesn't say some? The Lord forgives some of my sins. I mean, not the really bad ones, just the small ones. Well, that wouldn't be much comfort. The Lord forgives all my sins. If you are grateful for that this morning, would you say amen? amen? I mean, that's just wonderful news. He heals all my diseases and he redeems me from death. I mean, I am so grateful. Earlier this year, my back got all out of joint. Somehow, I mean, there were a couple of months, it just hurt to stand up and it hurt to sit down. It only hurt when I, whenever I moved, basically. And I remember our staff would come in one day. Someone came in, I was lying on my desk, okay? And they go, what are you doing? And I go, I'm in the only position where it doesn't hurt right now. And do you know that I prayed and prayed about it. God took me to the exactly the right physical therapist, the right doctor. It took a long time to work it all out. A couple, it took weeks, but the pain is gone, and I am so grateful. Maybe the Lord healed you. Maybe you came out of a surgery or you had someone you love, you'd prayed for them, and the doctor said, you know, that went better than it's ever gone before. Well, that's an answer to prayer. God bless you. Have we given him thanks for that? I even meet with people sometimes when a loved one dies, but because of their faith, they're convinced that they are in glory with a brand new body that will never die again, no more pain, no more sorrow, and they're grateful. Helen Keller was like that. She was a devout Christian. She was asked about death once, and she said this. She said, death is no more than passing from one room into another, but there's a difference for me, you know, because in that other room, I'm going to be able to see. Death was healing. I mean, through Christ, we live forevermore. We are not the people who are afraid to die. There's eternal life in the name of Jesus. And if you are grateful for that, would you say amen? amen. We don't thank him enough. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Maybe you got a promotion this year. Maybe you got a grandchild this year. Maybe you got into the college of your choice this year. Maybe he just helped you find your keys. He fills our lives with good things. We focus on our problems a lot, and we are quick to pray when we got a problem. Oh, God, help me. Oh, please help me, Lord. Please help me. But do we say thank you? And the Lord is righteousness. The, I mean, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. If you ever wondered what that means, the Hebrews just were amazed at how an old eagle and a young eagle alike seemed to fly with the same speed and strength. And that was always a standard for them that the Lord would give them strength, even in old age. It says when Moses was 120 years old, his eyes were still clear and his arms were still strong. Caleb, after he'd wandered through the wilderness with the rest of the Israelites for 40 years, wanted the toughest city to conquer, and he said, I'm just as strong now as I was 40 years ago. Give me the hill country. The Lord will strengthen me. And maybe this last year you've experienced that. God gave you strength in the middle of a difficult season of your life. You had to make a confrontation, and you, you had the strength to do it. You took on a new job, and you were scared to death, but the Lord gave you strength. If so, then give him thanks. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. 
a while back, I got a letter from a friend apologizing for something that they had said about me, and they hadn't been un- they had been unwilling to forgive me, but they'd said, "But the Lord changed my heart, and I'm sorry, I was wrong." Man, when you get something like that, that's that's what it's about. We need to give thanks for that. Thank you, Lord, and now the relationship can be restored. And he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. Well, maybe this last year God has shown you some things about himself that you never knew before. Could have happened in your Bible reading. Could have happened through a friend. Could have happened right here at a worship service where your mind is open to a whole new way of thinking about God. And you go, oh, Lord, you revealed yourself to me. Thank you. And if all these things start getting your mind turning on that, it should. That's what David wanted to do. That's why he wrote these words. That's what was going on in his heart. So here's a life application for us. We should thank God for all he's done for us. We should thank him. When our kids are small and somebody gives them a piece of candy, we say, what do you say? Thank you. Come on, look them in the eye. Thank you. And they walk away. And hopefully that's not when they're 18, you know, or something. Hopefully they've gotten past that. But we do with our kids over and over again because we go, it's important you learn to say thank you. I'm convinced that we need somebody following us around most of the time after we prayed about something, after we prayed about it, say thank you. Thank you. And I think we can do better than that. Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing his praise, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp or the six-string guitar. Amen. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Boom, okay. And the melody of the lyre. You thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I will sing for joy because of what you have done. I mean, that's why we're going to do some singing here in a second, too, but we need to stop and thank the Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend just a few minutes in prayer right where you are, and I'm going to use these bullet points on this little list here um, to coach us through some things we might be thankful for. If God has shown you these things in the last year, we're not going to miss Thanksgiving this year. We're going to give thanks right now, even before the holiday gets here. Would you pray with me, please? And you can keep your eyes open looking at the list, by the way. It's legal today, okay? All right? Let's pray. Lord, I, wanna, I am grateful. I'm grateful for David, and I'm grateful that he wrote this psalm because he was so grateful for all the good things you've done for him. And Lord, it just, I'm just happy that we can spend this time together with a holiday coming up, and we can prepare our hearts in advance and already give you thanks for the good things you've done for us. In just a moment of silence, if you have experienced the forgiveness of the Lord this year, you confess your sins to him, and you are convinced that all your guilt is gone. Would you say, thank you, Lord, just where you are. Just thank him. All your sins are forgiven. Thank him. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you heal all our diseases and you redeem us from death. If the Lord has blessed you and healed you, guided a procedure, you're on the right medication now and you're feeling better, old wounds have been healed. Stop for a minute and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Oh Lord, you crown us with love and tender mercies. You fill our lives with good things. Did you get a promotion this year? Did you move into a new house this last year? 
Did God give you a, an unexpected blessing? A child, a spouse, a grandchild. Did he bless you? Give him thanks. Oh, Father, through you, our youth is renewed like the eagles. You're the one who gives us strength when we have none of our own. You can give us resolve when we're ready to chicken out. You're the one who gives us courage when we are afraid and the stamina to keep going when we feel like giving up. If the Lord has done those things for this year, give him thanks and say, God, you helped me get through that project. You helped me get through that awful meeting. Lord, you took me through that dry time in my life. Thank you. Oh, Lord, you give righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Has the Lord been good to you in this area this last year? Has someone apologized to you? Were you vindicated in the actions you took? Then give him thanks. And, Lord, you revealed your character to Moses, your deeds to the people of Israel. Lord, you revealed yourself to us this year, too. And if the Lord has shown you things you never knew about him before, you're growing spiritually, and you know it, thank him. And say, God, thank you. Oh, God, it is good to give thanks to you, to sing your praises. We pray these things together in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's another life application real quickly here too. It's this. We should gladly give to God our tithes and offerings because He's all because of all he's done for us. I mean, we unashamedly pass offering baskets every Sunday morning. When we return to the Lord at tithes and off, our tithes and offerings, we're just returning to him a portion of what he's given us. All good things come from him. Listen to 1 Chronicles 29. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you. We give you only what you first gave us. I mean, last year I went to my youngest son, Graham, was graduating from Auburn. I went to lunch with him one day at the food court there on campus. And he said, well, Dad, let me buy you lunch. I went, okay. So he went up to the counter at this food court and got us some food. And I noticed he paid with the meal card that I had purchased for him at the beginning of the year. <laughs> You know where this is going, okay? And so he brings the food to the table, and we sit down, and he goes, uh, he goes, it's kind of funny buying you lunch. I go, yeah, how'd you pay for that lunch? He goes, with my meal card. He sat there for a little bit. He went, thanks for lunch, Dad. <laughs> went, you're welcome. I was glad that he bought me lunch. But he was just returning a portion of what he'd already received. Psalm 116, 12. What can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? That's why we want, we said, but don't give under pressure. Give joyfully. If God's been good to you, then return portion back to him. So if you're on the left-hand side of a row, if you'd reach down beneath your chair and hold our offering baskets, we're going to take our morning offering this morning. And I want to just have a word of prayer. And first of all, give thanks to God again for all he's done. We give thanks with our words. 
and we give thanks for our tithes and offerings, it always reminds us that everything comes from Him. Would you pray with me? Lord, I just thank you because you are good and generous. And when we give offerings to you, we're just returning a portion of what you've given us in the first place. Remind us of these things. Remind us not to worry. You know where we are. You'll take care of our needs. Lord, you just want us to put the kingdom of heaven first. So Lord, I pray that every dollar that's given today would be given joyfully. Because we're just returning to you what you first gave us. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.
may be seated. I wanted us to stand and sing because, again, I mean, as David was writing these words, these were songs that were sung. And sometimes we can get too familiar with things in the Bible and forget these are things that are meant to be shared out loud, and we need to give thanks. If you look inside your bulletin, there's a quote on the opposite page from point two there. It says, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. And that's the way it is when we don't thank the Lord for all the good things he's brought into our lives. But David didn't just stop with that. He went on. In the second section, I want to point out what David did, that we're grateful for God's grace. God's grace. And grace just means undeserved kindness. Now, from time to time, we go over some key definitions here of three important terms. I want to go over them again. Justice is getting what we deserve. I mean, justice is getting what you deserve. That's justice. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. The Bible tells us that our hearts are desperately wicked and that we are all sinners. And if God treated us as we deserve, our lives would be over just like that. In fact, the Bible tells us that God doesn't give us even just mercy. It would be merciful for God to say, y'all have messed up this whole planet. I'm leaving you to yourselves. I'm not going to punish you as you deserve. Goodbye and leave. It would be merciful. Really would be. But that's not what God did. The Bible tells us that God gives us grace, getting far more than we could ever deserve. God sent his own son into the world to rescue us from our sin. And long before that ever happened, David had experienced God's forgiveness. He knew that he had committed transgressions that deserved death. And God had forgiven him and had mercy. And beyond that, had shown him great grace. And so he wrote these words. This is Psalm 103, a few more verses. We stopped at verse 7 before. Here's verse 8 through 14. The Lord is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. And listen to these three statements, the things about God will not do. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens are above the earth. He's removed our sins as far from us as east is from west. And the Lord is like a father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him. He knows how weak we are, and he remembers we're only dust. He's the one who made us, and he knows exactly how weak we are. And that's why it's such a wonderful thing to sing about God's amazing grace and the undeserved kindness that we experience every day. Sometimes people have the image of God, that God is this wrathful, angry God waiting to get even with us. But David said, no, no. You want to know what he's like? He's like a father to his children. We had a parenting series earlier this year where we talked about discipline and how important it is to have the appropriate disciplines, punishments, and actions taken to teach our kids how to behave correctly. But all throughout the series when we were talking about parenting, we talked about that this was done out of love. I mean, the reason that I would have punishments for my kids so they could learn good behavior because I had great hopes for them and great aspirations for them. It's because of my love for them. And our Heavenly Father is a much better Father than I ever will be. 
And David knew that. He said, don't, don't think wrongly about God. Give thanks to him. He doesn't punish as our sins deserve. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve. But he's kind and gentle and loving. The Apostle Paul went even further in Romans chapter 5, and he marveled at God's great love and God's great grace. Listen to a couple of verses. When we were, utter, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Let that sink in for a little bit. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he didn't die on the cross because he was so impressed with me or impressed with you. He died on the cross because we were utterly helpless to save ourselves, mired in sin, completely confused, completely wrong, going the wrong way. And if I don't die for them, if I don't save them, they'll never be able to rescue themselves. And so even the guards who were nailing him to the cross, Jesus died for them. There's an amazing song that we sing here, and I'm going to ask our worship team to lead us in right now. It talks about God's reckless love. And after that, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together to remember what Christ did for us and celebrate his great grace. But before we do that, I want our hearts in the right frame of mind. And so I want us to stand and sing Reckless Love. Would you please stand?
notorious sinners who often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that's lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together all his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Jesus said that the heart of God is to run after lost sinners, like lost sheep. That's you and me. Jesus came to die on the cross for you and me. He never wanted his disciples to forget it. So the night before he was crucified, 
we have exactly what he said recorded for us in 1 Corinthians 11. It's inside your bulletin. I invite you to follow along as I read this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this, and rem- do this to remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus never wanted us to forget that his body was broken on the cross. He died so we could live. He was punished so we could go free. He never wanted his disciples to forget that it was his blood that was shed on the cross. And his blood washes away the sins of the whole world. And so we're going to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So we won't forget... And we won't forget to give thanks. Maybe you might have heard the Lord's Supper or communion also called the Eucharist. Eucharist is just, comes from an ancient Greek word, eucharisteo, means to give thanks. It's the great thanksgiving. It's the ultimate thing to be thankful for. That Jesus' body was broken and his, shed, his blood was shed so our sins could be paid in full and we can have a restored relationship with God himself. So this morning, if you are grateful that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that his blood was shed to wash away the sins of the whole world, that he is your Lord and your Savior, and that is the desire of your heart to remember and never forget that, then we have tables at the front of the room, we'll have tables out in the hallway, And we're going to invite you to go and pick up the bread and the cup of grape juice to return back to your seat. And I'll give us a few instructions after we sit down. It takes just a couple of minutes. Go to whichever station is closest. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, even as we move to these stations to pick up the bread and the cup, Lord, fill our hearts with joy and thanksgiving for all that you've done. You chased after me. You found me, Lord. I don't ever want to forget that. Your grace is amazing. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Please come to the table and return to your seats.
to that cross should have been you should have been me but he took our place then eat of the bread and give thanks the Lord is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish as our sins deserve. He does not deal with us harshly. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Thank you, Jesus. If you are grateful that the blood of Christ washes away all of our sins, then drink of the cup give him thanks he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west the Lord is like a father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him he knows how weak we are and he remembers we are only dust it's always interesting that, the, that it says from east to west. It'd be one thing if the Lord removed our sins as far as north from the south, but there's a north pole and a south pole. It's a big distance, but you could actually eventually get there. But east to west, it goes on forever and ever. And that's how far the Lord's removed our sins from us. So much grace. There's one more thing that I want to point out before we leave this point, and that's another life application, that we can confidently bring all our concerns, failures, and fears to God. I mean, please let this soak in for a minute. One of the tricks of the devil is, is that we can even come to Christ, and we know he's forgiven us our sins, but then we mess up again, or we do something that we shouldn't do, and we go, well, he won't forgive me this time. And the Lord forgave me, but I messed up again. I blew it. He won't love me. He won't forgive me anymore. And we act like there's a cap on this. And we act like the Lord doesn't understand that we are made from dust and how weak we are. And it's a great ploy of the devil to keep us isolated and afraid and feeling stupid, worthless, and ugly. 
And the Lord looks upon us as his children. Listen to these words. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Precisely when you've blown it for the tenth time, precisely when you don't deserve it, that's when we find God's grace. And if that's good news this morning, this time would you say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that is music to the Lord when we praise him that way. you have something heavy on your heart right now, will you pray with me right now? Lord, we come before you now, sinners forgiven by the blood of Jesus, covered in your grace. And God, we ask that you would hear our deepest request of our hearts. If you have a heavy burden on your heart, come to him now, lay it at his feet right now and say, God, I need your help with this. Lord, I know you love me. Please hear my prayer. I don't know what to do. Pray with confidence. Lord, hear my prayer. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, the one who died for me, the one who came chasing after me. So Lord, I know that you hear my prayers and I look forward to your reply. In the name of Christ, we pray these things. Amen. One final section out of Psalm 103, David was thankful for all the good things God had done for him. He was grateful for God's grace. Thirdly, David was grateful for God's everlasting love. Just a few more verses in the psalm. His everlasting love. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone, as though we'd never been here. But the love of the Lord, that remains forever. And those who fear him, with those who fear him, His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. I mean, think about this again. I mean, David's writing this and he goes, Lord, I'm grateful for all you've given me. I'm grateful for your amazing grace. And God, I'm grateful that your love is everlasting because the Lord's love is like that. And David said, we're not. Our days are like grass. They just go. The wind blows. We're gone. Every now and then I have a sense of that too. Uh, most of you, many of you know this, but we have three sons. All three of them have gotten married in the last three years. Last one just six weeks ago. And Debbie and I got home and go, we're all out of sons. <laughs> I mean, they've all graduated from high school. They've all graduated from college. They're all married now. Our life is flying. And the older we get, the faster life seems to go. Can anybody else agree with that? Well, what if, what if God's love was only as long as a season in our lives? Well, that was great, but now it's over. And David goes, it's not like that. Our lives are like this. God's love is forever and ever and ever and ever. And it's not a love that changes. My love can be interrupted. I can be distracted. I can be tired. Sometimes I'm feeling really generous and loving. Sometimes I'm not feeling it. God's not that way. His love is as high as the heavens are above the earth, a million miles wide, and it never changes. And David said, I'm grateful for that too. And that brings us to the last life application. Well, we should sing God's praises. David said, 
the right response to realizing how great God's love is, how thick and how wide and how deep it really is. Psalm 103, last few verses, 19 through 22. The Lord has made the heavens his throne, and from there he rules over everything. So praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything that he's created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Elsewhere, David wrote this in Psalm 59. He said, but as for me... I'll sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you've been my refuge, a place of safety when I'm in distress. Oh, my strength, to you I sing praises. For you, oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. That's why David wrote this in a song. He invites us to sing along with him. God wants us to praise him, and singing is an important way to do that. I mean, he did that all the time. And that's what God wants us to do, to sing our praises. Now, it's interesting, at the front of the Methodist hymnals, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, had a brother named Charles who wrote all these great hymns. And at the beginning of the hymnal, John Wesley had a few notes on singing. Here's one of them. When you sing these hymns, sing lustily and with, with good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep. But lift up your voice with strength. Be no more afraid of your voice now nor more ashamed of its being heard than when you sung the songs of Satan. And so if I was going to update that, he'd say, people of center point, don't sing praises of the Lord half dead or half asleep. Don't be ashamed to sing here any more than you were at the rock concerts when you were in college. You sang along loud and proud. Well, now we're singing to the one who gave his life to set us free, who opened the door to God's love for all eternity. Sing out. And so we're going to sing. I think we've got a couple of worship songs left, don't we? But first of all, we're going to pray just one more time. I want to pray that God will help us lift up our praises and we will never be ashamed to praise his name. Lord God, I pray that we will embrace the heart that David had. We'll embrace what John Wesley was talking about. Lord, we've sung a lot of songs in our cars just because it's a catchy tune. But Lord, this is worth singing about for all eternity. Lord, the angels sang when they appeared to the shepherds announcing the baby boy. The armies of heaven sang. And God, I pray that we will never be ashamed to sing your praises. You are worthy of our praise. And so God, we lift up our hearts to you now. Do your work in us. Accept the praises of your children. We are grateful. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Please stand. Shelly, I think you want to stand and sing along, right? Okay. Let's sing along. Feel free to clap along. Let's respond to the Lord. He's good this morning. Heaven thundered when the world was born. Life begins and ends in the dust you form. 
like that. That was pretty good. Hey, isn't it great to give thanks to the Lord? It's wonderful. God says it is so good. You know, as today as we were talking about all the things that we're thankful for God for, you know, today is Veterans Day. We'll be, you know, celebrating it tomorrow. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm thankful for. If you're in the military or have been in the military, will you raise your hand? Can we give them a round of applause? What you guys do, giving up your freedoms and giving just sacrifice for us is just is so honorable and it's very much appreciated. Um, you know, today when you came in, you were given a bulletin. Inside the bulletin, some announcements. Take a look at that as you leave. Also, if you're visiting with us this morning, inside that bulletin is a connect card. We'd love for you to just take your name, phone number, give us your address. We'd love to have a record of you being here as you leave today. There's going to be some ushers out there as you leave and you can place them in that bucket. You guys have a wonderful week.